Pastor Chuk Sogoye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church, Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoye. Good evening. Welcome to another time hanging out in the Word of God. My name is Chooks Ogoye. Um, Tonight, we are sharing uh, the 99th episode, 99 episode of our study on the goodness of God. We have been sharing, uh, understanding the goodness of God. Tonight is episode 99. Well, all right. Tonight, my specific contemplation is titled, The Goodness of God Always Corrects and Rebukes Us Gently. The goodness of God um, always corrects us and rebukes us gently. I, I want to talk about it tonight. So let's, let's go. Let's go into the word of God. Um, let's go from the book of Genesis. When God created Adam and, and placed him in the garden with his wife, Eve, God set a pattern in the book of Genesis, of how he wanted to relate with man. The Bible said that he came at the cool of the day every day. Now, Bible students, you know, differ when is the cool of the day. Is it first thing in the morning or in the evening? It doesn't matter. Wh whatever it was, it was when the temperature was not high. It was when the sun was not up. So it could be early in the morning or, you know, in the evening. But whenever at the cool of the day, he came. I would want to think it's in the morning uh, because Jesus had a habit of, you know, spending time with the Father early in the morning. So I would think that the Father used to come to them early in the morning, in the cool of the day, before the sun rise. And what did he come to do? He came to fellowship with them. He came to commune with them. He actually came to them. He, he didn't make them come to him. He came to them. And he came to minister to them. And, um, and how did he, you know, fellowship with them? He came to speak words. Remember, in the beginning was the word, where the word was with God, and the word was God. So God and his word are the same. So he came to pour his word into them. So, so the, the means of fellowship, the means of impartation were his words. So, so his words was what he was using to shape them. His words were what he was using to mold them, to configure them. He was coming every day to pour words into them. Now, the purpose of that is as he came um, um, each day to pour words into them, they are supposed to hear what he's saying, believe what he's saying, and because they believe what he's saying, his words that are poured into them give them a picture they, they, their conscious mind picks up a picture of who they were. Remember, they were made in the image and the likeness of God, but 
as they were becoming more and more aware of themselves, that, that awakening in awareness was supposed to come by the word of God poured into them. So God's preferred way of teaching them, of instructing them, of building them, of edifying them was to speak to them, was to communicate with them, was to pour words out on them. And, and that was going on. And guess what? As long as they believed in the goodness of God, God poured words that built them and words that configured them, words that shaped them. And the more they heard words, the more they locked in on the goodness of God. Now, as we have explained in previous episodes, something went wrong. Something went wrong when the enemy came and sold a lie. Now, how did he sow those lies? Through words as well. Because the enemy knew that God was shaping these people through words. So, he came to uh, unshape them or disfigure them. And how did he do it? He did it with words. He misconfigured them with words. And they believed it. So, they believed the wrong words. And, you know, everything went crazy. So, where, as long as they believed the right words and believed in the goodness of God, God continued to pour words on them. So, so what, what t- that tells us is, um, as we get born again, we, what happens when we get born again? We receive the word. We get born again. The Bible says we, we are saved by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. It's still words that got us saved. It still works. So when we get born again, the word of God gets into our spirit and regenerates our spirit, recreates our spirit. There is a, a, a coming alive of our spirit by words. So, so God's preferred way of communicating, of shaping, of correcting, and, 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 sh- and configuring us is through words. Let me say that again. God does what he does in our lives through words. The beginning of our journey with the Lord were through words. He got us saved by the word of God. First Peter 1.23, we were born again by the incorruptible seed of God's word. So God uses his words to shape man. God uses his words to correct. Now, the goodness of God corrects us and rebukes us gently with words let me show you from the bible second timothy second timothy second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 look at this It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Can you see that word reproof there? For correction, for instruction in righteousness. So, scripture is what God uses to correct us, to reprove us, to instruct us in righteousness. Righteousness means right standing with God. So, God configures configures us into right standing with him with words. And, and, and this is important to note because when you don't know this, you, 
you confuse what's happening and say, you know, God is trying to teach you something with sickness. No, God does not teach you anything with sickness. God does not teach you anything with, he teaches you with his words. He corrects you with his words. Okay? So, so God, this is, this is the, 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 the heart of our father to use his words to shape us, to correct us, to instruct us. So when you read scriptures like Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 7 and 8, it says, if you endure chastening, let me read from verse 5, Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 5, for just good understanding, let's read from verse 5. It says, and you have, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all, have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. So, the proof of, of our spiritual sonship to a heavenly father is that he corrects us. He rebukes us. He does it with words. He speaks to us from his word. He speaks to us from his word. And he prefers to use his word. He prefers to use his word. Now, if God is speaking to somebody... And correcting someone with his word, and they are not listening. What happens? God still uses his words. However, their disobedience, I need you to understand this, their disobedience puts them in a position where the enemy can mess things up in their lives. And when that happens, people start saying, God, no, it's not God. Your disobedience puts you out. In a place where the enemy can tamper with, with, with what God is doing in your life. But it's not God. Don't say it's God. God always uses his word to correct and to rebuke us gently. He is the good shepherd. So, so he wants to, you know, correct us. And the Bible says here that he rebukes the son that he loves. So when you are, when you are misaligned, when you are going astray... The Spirit of God will want to speak to you through His Word. He can even, you know, use a, a child of God. He can speak to you in a message through a preacher, through your spiritual parents, through, you know, other brothers and sisters to correct you. To, and it's words. They speak to you with words. Now, when you don't listen, when you're not paying attention to what they're saying, your, your stubbornness will put you in a place where the devil will have the opportunity to do something to you. And, and when that happens, don't say, you know, it's God. It's not God. It's your inability to take correction by words. I'll, I'll tell you a story to illustrate what I'm talking about. I, I had, there was a time that we adopted a new puppy. And um, this puppy... We're teaching this puppy not to run out of the gate when the gate opens. So if a car comes in, 
you know, they not run out onto the street when the gate opens. So we've been teaching this puppy. And uh, so every time he wants to run out of the gate, you stop the puppy, you, you know, rebuke the puppy with words, you know, go back, go back, you know, you speak firmly. And um, this, this dog, he was getting it. Now the dog is probably seven, eight months, you know, he's still a puppy. At seven, eight months, he's still a puppy. It was, it was, you know, beginning to learn the rules around the house and so on and so forth. And one day I drive out and um, the puppy, you know, when the gate was open, before the gate could close back automatically, the puppy ran out. And then when the gate closed, the puppy was outside the gate and the gate closed and the puppy was left outside the gate. Now, and the, 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 the road on the street was quite busy. So the puppy got quite uh, traumatized, quite frightened, being left outside and the gate is now closed. So the puppy is sitting outside of the gate with all of the traffic and cars moving, whimpering, you know, and, 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 and really, really uh, uh, scared and whimpering outside. Now, the people inside the house didn't know that the puppy was outside. Uh, and, you know, he whimpered there for a long time. Um, a neighbor across the road found the puppy, picked up the puppy, and took the puppy to his house. Okay, so... Now, it was dinner time. They come to feed the dogs and they cannot find the puppy. So, my, my wife phones me and says, we can't find the puppy. He's not here. He's not in the compound. I said, oh my, maybe he ran out or she ran out. We, we don't know. I said, okay, well, <laughs> there's nothing I can do from where I am right now. We will see, it, see to it when I get back. So, when I got back later in the evening, I... I found a note at my gate and someone left a note. I found your dog. Your dog is in my house and the person left a number. But it was late so I couldn't, you know, call the person that night. So I left it in the morning the next day. I think it was a Saturday. I called that number and this person says, I'm your neighbor across the road. I found your puppy whimpering across outside of the gate and I picked up your puppy. Your puppy is with me. You can come and get your puppy. So I went to his house, thanked him. When I got there, I found my dog uh, very traumatized with six other dogs. Uh, it was, you know, with six other dogs, I could see that the dog was not very, he didn't enjoy the sleepover at all. He didn't enjoy the sleepover. It was just six strange dogs there. And so when I picked up my dog, he was very, she was very happy to see me. I picked her up and I brought her home. When I brought her home and put her down, I saw that she sat and immediately it dawned on her. This is the reason why they do not want me to run out of the gate once the gate is open. Now, now this has been maybe seven, six, seven years that this happened. Can I tell you now, till, from that day till now, this puppy has never run out of the gate when the gate opened. He got the, she got the lesson. But this is the point I'm making. That day that she ran out, if anything happened to her outside, maybe a car ran over her, maybe it was, you know, um, um, a, a dog thief, a dog kidnapper, you know, kidnapped her. <laughs> okay, they say dog nap, you know, and, and took her away. If the dog was a Christian somebody, he would say, you know, God, God, did something to me. God did do nothing to you. 
there is nothing that could have happened to that dog outside that anybody could blame us because the dog was disobedient. The dog just chose not to listen to the things that she has been taught for the last six, seven months that she has been living in the house. She decided to, you know, get a bit naughty and, you know, and put herself in harm's way. That's what happens when we don't pay attention to rebuke. The Lord will keep by his spirit trying to speak to us. And when you continue, you know, doing what you are doing and not paying attention, you put yourself in harm's way. You put yourself outside of the gate. You put yourself outside of the gate. The blessings of God are within the gate. The protection of God within the gate. The provision of God within the gate. The, 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 the comfort of God is within the gate. Outside of the gate, you have to deal with the enemy right there. And, and, and what is God interested in? God is interested in keeping us within the gate. Bible says keep yourselves in the love of God. God wants to keep you in his love. He, he keeps you there so that you know, his blessings can get to you. The increase, the promotion, the, the, the advancement can get to you. And, and he uses his words to frame that world where his blessings get to you. Now, when you don't want to listen, and you keep, you know, um, um, uh, disobedient, disobeying instructions and stuff, then you will have to deal with the enemy outside. I, I needed us to get that. So, even God um, um, wants us, even in his family, in the church, in the body of Christ, how are people supposed to be corrected? God, through the apostle Paul, gives instructions to a young pastor, Timothy, on how to correct people in the church. How do you correct people in the church? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 20. The reason why the Holy Spirit is given this is because this is God's preferred way of making uh, corrections, you know, making input in our lives, rebuking us, and so on and so forth. Look at 1 Peter, 1 Timothy, sorry, chapter 5, verse 20. He says, those who are sinning, rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. This is instructions from the apostle to Pastor Timothy. You know, Timothy was the pastor of this church. He says, those who are sinning, those who choose to ignore the word and ignore and keep sinning. He says what? Rebuke them in the presence of all. You know, this is my, my uh, policy as a pastor. I will correct you privately. I, I can even be very firm. I can even be very stern. Correct you privately. Now, now I do that privately, you know, not, you know, before anyone else. Between just me and you, I correct you, I rebuke you. Now, if you carry on doing it, whatever it is that you are doing, and you carry on doing it, and you carry on repeating, you know, that stuff, to the point where now your sin has become public, and your sin is affecting the community of saints, the community, you know, the church community, because people have become aware of your sin. The Bible says when that is happening, then we have to go uh, to First Timothy chapter 5, verse 20, and it says, rebuke that person. Rebuke, words. Rebuke that person, words. 
rebuke that person in the presence of all so that the rest of the people will have the fear of God. The rest of you will fear so that people don't start doing that thing because when, whatever you don't correct, you are given permission for other people to start doing it. Whatever you don't correct, especially when it's something that is public, you are, you are saying to other people, it's okay to do the same. It's okay to do it. And Apostle Paul says to Timothy here, rebuke that person in the presence of everybody that the rest of the church will fear and people will not, you know, start doing the same thing that this brother or sister was doing. This is really, really important. Okay, look at, look at um, another one in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. Look at this. He says, preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. With all long suffering. That's the part that, you know, when I think about it as a pastor, he says, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. <laughs> so suffer long with the people. They, they can be hard hearted, they can be stubborn, but, you know, <laughs> long suffering, just suffer long. And keep exhorting. To exhort means to encourage. Keep rebuking. Keep, you know, just don't give up on people. That's what I understand from that place. He said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Now, that's, that's the, the, the responsibility of a pastor. That's the duty of a pastor. Continue to do it. But I want you to see what it is recommended. Words. Rebuke. Words. Okay. Um, Titus. Titus, uh, chapter 1, verse 9. He says, Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convince those who contradict. Words. Again, Titus was a pastor. They're saying those who are, you know, behaving contradicting, uh, um, use words. Speak to them. You know, so God's preferred way of correcting us is words. He does it gently. He speaks to us. He rebukes us. He corrects us. The goodness of God. You know, you know let, let, let me put it like this. We, we are God's children. Children. And, and then we're growing into sons. Children need to be taught and corrected. And God says, I will do it with words. Sons are rebuked with words. So don't let the devil, you know, paint this picture that God use has, uses hardship to teach people things. No, God does not use hardship to teach anybody anything. God uses words to correct people. Hardship happens because people get outside of the gate. People get outside of the gate and they are not listening. So hardship and the hardship is coming be as a consequence of their own disobedience and stuff. Right? But God prefers to use words. Now, do, does God work through hardship? Of course he does. All things work together for our good. So he will minister to you while you are outside of the gate, being battered by the devil or by life or, you know, harassed. He would, and then this is the God I serve. He will try to open that gate as quickly as, as possible to get you back into safety. That's the God I serve. 
he will try to make a way to open the gate as quickly as possible. The goodness of God will try to open that gate so that you can come back inside so you are no longer battered by adversity. Adversity is not what God wants for you. It's true. Adversity is not what God wants. See, if adversity is what God wants for his children, the prodigal son, when he came back, his father would have sent him back to adversity. If adversity is what the father wanted for his children, the father would have sent him back to adversity, but he didn't. He did not send him back to adversity. He welcomed him and brought him back to plenty. He says, throw a party. He said, you know, remove these clothes. Put a ring on his hands, on his fingers. Put a sandals on his feet. The, the father said, throw a party, and my son is back. He didn't send him back to adversity. He was in adversity. He didn't send him. He opened the door. He opened the door and let him in. That's the father we serve. So even when adversity is battering you, please, you know, understand the father is wanting to open the door and bring you back into plenty. Get this. He wants to bring you back to safety. Wants to bring you back to rhythm, you know, where things are working. That's the father. That's the goodness of the God we serve. He is, he is looking for ways to open the door to bring you back into comfort, into convenience. Into, into protection, into security. That's what he wants to do. Into provision, into abundance. That's what he wants to do. So don't let the devil keep you outside and, and keep battering you outside and say, God is teaching me. Oh, well, I'm going, what I'm going through is because of what I did. No, no. It's, you know, God is punishing me for what I... No, God is not punishing you that way. God wants to open the door and bring you back into safety. Hallelujah. All right, look at this. John chapter 14. John chapter 14 uh, how am I doing with time? Okay, I'm almost there. John chapter 14, verse 26. John 14, verse 26. I want, you to, I want you to see this. This is beautiful. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who is God, right? The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. By what? By speaking to you. And then he will bring you to remembrance of all the things that I said to you. I said to you. So the things that I have instructed you, the things that I have poured into your life, he will bring them back to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit uses words. So the things we have learned, he brings them back to our remembrance. It's words. It's words. That's what he uses, words. John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 13 to 15. John chapter 16, verse 13 to 15. John chapter 16, verse 13 to 15. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truths. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. For he will tell you things to come. Now I want you to notice this. He says, he, he the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Truth are words. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak. He will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. So he, he is instructing, he is guiding, 
All with words, he will tell you. He will speak. He will minister. He will speak. God wants to form us through his words. See, even whatever it is that is not right in your life, words is what God is going to use to correct it. God uses words to fix us. So, the question is, are we listening? Are we giving him the opportunity to speak to us? Or we are allowing him to get into one ear and fly out of the other side? Because, see, the, the word has to be received and accepted and believed by faith. And then it produces results in our life. It produces transformation. You know, the word, the Bible says the word they received did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in their heart. The word has to be mixed with faith for you to profit, for you to bring increase, for you to bring correction, for you to bring lifting. It's words. All right, so God is wanting to show you his goodness. <clears throat> but the vehicle for the transfer of his goodness is words. If you are misaligned, you are in wrong standing. In other words, you are not in righteousness. You are in wrong standing. Correction and instruction in righteousness is through his word. All scripture. All scripture. So, tremble at his word. You know, there's a blessing for those who tremble at the word of God. What does it mean to tremble at the word of God? To tremble at the word of God means to respond, you know. You respond to the word and you receive the word and you allow the word to correct you and you allow the word to fix you. There's a blessing to, for those who tremble at his word. When you become, the opposite of trembling at his word is to be indifferent at his word. It's to be hardened where the word of God doesn't matter. The, you know, God is saying, don't do this, don't do that, but you, 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 you don't heed that word. That word doesn't affect you. you. You don't respond to it. You know, what you want to do is what you want to do. And you keep doing what you want to do. No, 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 no. You, you have to respond to the word for the blessing to come. I, I want to pray today that you are one of those, that I am one of those who tremble at the word of God. Who, who when God, you know, chastises us with his word, we receive his word, we repent at his word, we receive help by his word, and allow him to do his work in our hearts. No, uh, we allow that word, you know, to do its work in us, to produce transformation. It has to be mixed with faith in us. So, so uh, let's pray tonight and, and receive whatever God is speaking to you, wherever you are in this season of your life. Let's, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for correcting us, for instructing us, for shaping us by your word. Lord, at, at whatever space and whatever level anyone who is listening to me tonight is, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will cause them, each one of them, to tremble at the word that you are speaking to them now. Now, in this season of their life, what you are ministering, what you are speaking, that they get it and that they respond so that they can be moved to their next level of blessing, to their next level of increase, to their next level of, of promotion. Lord, we tremble at your word. We refuse to be hardened. We refuse to be indifferent to your word. We receive the 
instruction, the chastening by your word, the rebuke by your word, as you shape us, as you correct us, as you realign us to your purposes for our lives, realign us to blessing, realign us to your goodness, we receive your word. Thank you, my Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Um, tomorrow, again, is our episode number 100. Uh, and we are gonna be, I'm going to be you know, blessing somebody with a copy of this book um, that I wrote and um, many other goodies that we would you know, give away tomorrow. Well, God bless you. I look forward to seeing you 7 p.m. South African time. Um, we will be sharing Understanding the Goodness of God, episode number 100. God bless you. Good night. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain, and